Bokar Tov, we are Melachim Aleph, chapter 18. We are smack in the middle of the showdown between Eliyahu and the Neviyeh Baal on Mount Carmel. As we said, after the Neviyeh Baal were uh, jumping around and screaming and cutting themselves until they were bleeding in order to try and get the Baal God to answer them, Eliyahu then decides to go. He... He, he fixes a Mizbeach that must have been you know, broken by the Baal people. And he builds it up and he puts 12 stones around it to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Again, maybe symbolic of his desire to see Am Yisrael reunite and not separate into factions that one serves Baal and one serves God. And he sets up the wood and he cuts up the cow and he puts the wood pieces on the Mizbeach. And then, Pasuk Lamentad, Vayomer, Mil'u Arba'a Chadim Ma'im. Fill up four jugs of water, and pour it over the olah and on the on the wood, over the cow and on the wood. And he said, "Do it again." And his, you know, he had like helpers, right? And they did it again. And he says, "Do it a third time." And he did it a third time. So they make this like scene out of really flooding the mizbeach that he is about to perform his. Korbanon, they flood it with jugs of water. It's also here, I'm actually realizing now, there is a twelve there are twelve total jugs. three times. So he's also once again pulling off a sim- symbolism of twelve. And who is the one who pours the water? According to Rashid it's Elisha, who is uh, the su- successor, oh, the Navi successor to Eliyahu. So it's interesting. You once again, the, there there are twelve total yitzikot of water that he does. And the water goes around the mizbeach, and even that the, that ditch that he dug around the mizbeach that also gets filled with water. So you have this like really really wet mizbeach with a ditch of water surrounding it. So there's no there's no chashash. There's no consideration even that that. A fire could even light. What's going on right and now? Water was very scarce at the moment. I, I I once heard that there's a midrash that says that there were the Neviyeh Baal. They tried to hide under the mizbeach. One of them tried to hide under the mizbeach, and then he he tried to light a fire under the mizbeach, and then like a snake came and killed him or something like that. Uh, th- there is some midrash, but I think the the main. I I think the midrash is true. I mean. Meaning, I think there's such a midrash exists, but I think the, the the idea behind it is that a lot of this baal worship that was done, they would use these sly tactics in order to create, you know, illusions of mirac of the miraculous and so on, right? So, unlike the baal worshippers who would typically use illusions in order to create some, you know, crazy event, Eliyahu is doing the opposite. He's making it impossible for an illusion to occur. And so nobody could even have a doubt that there's any, uh, that there's truth to what he's doing. Okay? And it was at the time when the mincha would be brought in the Beit HaMikdash, I'd say much later in the afternoon, because as we remember, the Neveh Baal went, went until earlier on in the, in the Tzahoraim. Okay? So much later in the day as the sun is coming down, Baigash Eliyahu Nevi Vilmar, Eliyahu approaches and he says, Adonai Elohe Abraham, Yitzhak Israel. 
God, God of Abraham, Yitzhak, and Israel. Today it will be known that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. And according to your word have I done. All of these things. Please answer me, Hashem. Answer me. And the, this nation will know that you are Hashem the God. And you, after all, you were the one who gave them uh, the um, gave them the ability to go against you, right? So please give them the opportunity to see your glory and to believe in you once again. For if it weren't for you giving them free will to turn away from you, they would never have turned away from you. So at least if you're going to give them the ability to turn away from you, give them an excuse to turn back to you. You know, uh, that, that the reason. That last phrase, it's a little bit complex to translate because that, that wasn't the only interpretation of what I just said. That was the interpretation of Rashi. Um, you could also see in the Radak, it says, Literally, if I read it literally, it translates like this. It says, God answering and the nation will know that you are, you are Hashem, their God, for you have turned their heart away. Now, what does that mean? It's like what does it mean for to, you have turned like their heart similar away? similar to like Pero, like, uh, you chain, like the... So maybe like I don't know if the same wording maybe hard in the heart or he. So let's see. Libam shaya chorani tasevoto alecha elecha ata imta aneni. He said, one interpretation is that, and if you do listen to my tefillah and answer me, then their heart that is turned away, you will be able to turn back to you. Mm-hmm. So that would be like a very peshat. The problem is it doesn't fit in the words. It doesn't match the, the text. But that's Rav Saad Yagaon. Another interpretation is, Hashem, the fact that this generation never gets to see any miracles is the reason why they're turning their heart against you. So please give them something to see so that they could experience your glory and they'll turn their heart towards you. Pay interesting ideas. Basically, Eliyahu, he turns to Hashem after he sets up his altar and he prays and he says, please Hashem, answer my tefillah and bring down this fire and prove that you are Hashem so that Am Israel will turn back to you. The fire of God came down and it consumed the olah offering and the wood and the stones and the dirt and even the water that was in the ditch it licked up and probably it dried it out by, by making it way too hot and evaporation and so on. And all the people saw this miracle of the fire coming down from the heavens and consuming the Ola without Eliyahu having to do anything. And they said, Adonai huha Elohim, Adonai huha Elohim. Hashem, you are the God. Hashem, you are the God. Pasuk Mem. Now, once Eliyahu has proven to the Am Israel that, that Hashem is the God and they've acknowledged that Hashem is the God, if you remember at the beginning of the story, he asked, when, How long are you going to be jumping between these two ideologies? And what was their response? Their response wasn't, We'll follow Hashem. Their response was, Nothing. They didn't answer. So he gets them, he convinces them to be firm in their belief of Hashem. And now that he has Am Israel firm in their belief of God, 
Now it's Eliyahu's opportunity to get rid of all these Nevi'i Habah to try to get to try to um, eradicate them in one shot because he has all of them in one place right now. Pasuk mem vayomer Eliyahu lahem tifsu et Nevi'i Habah ish ali malet mehen vayitpesum vayoridem Eliyahu nachal kishon vayishchatem sham. So Eliyahu says to them, grab all the Nevi'i Habah, all these false prophets, grab them. Ish ali malet mehem. Don't let anybody escape. Vayitpesum and the people. Being now initiated, they grabbed all these Nevi'i Baal. Vayoridem Eliyahu al-Nachal Kishon, he brought them to the Kishon brook. Vayishchatem Sham, and he killed all of them. He slaughtered all of them there. Vayomer Eliyahu le-Achav. Now, Eliyahu says to Achav, Ale echol ushte kikol hamon hagashem. He said, now go up and eat and drink because the rain is coming. Now, what, why was Eliyahu telling Achav to go eat? Go eat because the rain is coming. What does that mean? Maybe just go be comfortable. I don't know. No, maybe, maybe I, I think the Peshat could be that it's like go be comfortable because now, now uh, that I've proven that Hashem is God, rain is going to come. Uh, Radak says a couple of things. It seems like Achav was fasting to try to get the rain to come back. tells him you could finish your fasting. Because now the rain is going to fall. And what does he mean when he says go up? Go up and eat? That's saying go up on your chariot. Because to go from the Har Carmel to Israel is a valley. Go on to the Merkava. Meaning he says, what does it mean go up and eat for the rain is coming? What does it mean go up? He's on a mountain. Where else is he going to go up to? He's going to go down. He could go down to the valley of Israel. Alright? So he says, no, get up in your chariot, he's trying to say. So then get up on your chariot and stop fasting so that because the rain is about to fall. Or, and he, or he says, or the explanation could be they're in the valley killing the Nevi'i Baal. So after he finishes slaughtering the Nevi'i Baal, he's telling him, go back up to your go tent that you pitched near the top of the mountain. Okay? Um, okay. Uh... Now, why, why was he so sure that the rain is going to come? He says that there was no voice of rain yet. There was no thunder yet. So how did he know rain is going to come? He says because whenever the Torah says, if you stick, cling to Hashem and you're good to Hashem, and the promise is that the rain would fall. This is like a classic theme of Eliyahu. It's that Eliyahu is constantly trying to force reality to fit exactly with the promises yes. of the Torah. You do Abu Dazara, there won't be rain. Why is there rain? Let's get rid of the rain. So the Torah becomes true. You know what I mean? Like that's Eliyahu's style. Uh, so every time he's super confident now the rain is going to come because well, well the Torah says that rain falls whenever you, you don't serve Abu Dazara. Okay. So Achav goes to eat and to drink. And Achav goes to eat and to drink and Eliyahu goes to the top of the Mount Carmel and he bends over onto the ground and he puts his face between his knees. This is actually very like I've never looked into it but apparently this was a a a position that they would pray in. He put his hands between his, his head between his knees 
There are many gemarot in which rabbis also do the same thing, in which they put their their head between their knees and they pray. Okay. So he says to his servant, I, I, I could imagine the Midrash as a servant is Elisha again. Okay? So he says to the servant, go and look towards the sea, because they're on the mountain, right? So look toward, in the direction west, towards the sea, and see if there are any clouds. And he says, I don't see anything. And he says, go back, and he tells him to go back seven times. He keeps praying, he keeps praying for rain, and he keeps telling his servant, go see if the clouds have come yet. Go see if the clouds have come yet. And he sends him back seven times. And it was on the seventh time. So there's a small cloud like the hand, size of the palm of a person that's coming from the side of the sea. Now he says, okay, so go tell Achav, get down from the mountain now because you're not going to be able to get down from the mountain because it's going to be so rainy. So that the rain doesn't stop you. Um, we'll pause here because I, I don't want to rush the rest of it. Uh, but... I want to I wanna consider the fact that he sends him seven times. A lot of the numbers in this whole thing. So far we have had 12 shivatim and we have the 12 drugs and then we have the seven times to go check on, this, on the cloud. Maybe symbolic of the seven days of creation. Okay? Uh, very, very interesting stuff. Baruch Amen v'amen.